tacos. A few? Nice. Only a few? I mean, I've been ready. You know, I mean, listen, listen, buddy, we're already rolling. Oh, shit on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I better not get penalty points for Listen, that. Listen, I may, I may cut that. I may cut that. But who oh, okay. knows? Who knows? But we're already maybe here. Oh, you're right. There's no other way to intro because we've, we've already arrived. It's true. Hey, hey, folks. Welcome to an episode of The Art Tangents with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. Howdy. This is ep- episode uh, 68, I believe, which is, which is killer. But have we gotten any penalty points recently? Were there any penalty points from last? Do you know? Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. I forgot to update the penalty points. Now, listen, folks, this is in, uh, a podcast where we, you know, review art and we try to always be eternal students and learn everything as much as we can. And part and, of that learning is punishment, Danny. Exactly. And so whenever we bleep up in certain ways, uh, we uh, accrue penalty points. So, Mac, you made a mistake in the previous episode oh, when we oh, were right, reviewing right, right, right. us, and so you got two different news stories confused. Yes, yeah, I, I combined. And you them. combined them into one, which was quite funny. So there are uh, chimps uh, who ate children in Uganda. Yes, but you instead. But I said the Congo. Yes, you said that that was in Congo, and you said those chimps were ginormous. But there are giant. You know, primates of sorts. So there in are Congo. human-eating chimps. Yes, not in the Congo. Correct. There are giant chimps. Yes, in the Congo. So that was just factually incorrect. So you right. do you do get a point there. So Mac, like what are, what are the points? As of right now, uh, we're sitting at me with five, and Danny, you got seven. That is close, and we have two more episodes. To oh really, yeah, this you know, and the next. Exactly. So and now let's get on to this episode, Mac. This was a movie I selected. It is one of my all-time favorite movies 100% in my top five uh Uh, it's the first time that we were reviewing something in my top five films it is a movie called warrior it is starring tom hardy joel edgerton it is directed and written by gavin o'connor uh who also directed miracle fun fact uh and it was also written by anthony tabacchus and cliff dorfman uh-huh. Uh, this, it's a movie that came out in 2011, is about two estranged brothers who are MMA fighters, and they enter themselves into this competition that is the equivalent of, like, they call it the Super Bowl of Mixed Martial Arts. You can kind of, you already kind of know where the plot is going to end up at the end of the film. Like, you already know, you already know, like, it's not much to spoil, but what makes this movie such a treat is the journey, of course, yeah. and then, like, what, you know, that ending brings. But, Mac, so I wanted to bring this up, not just because it's one of my favorite movies, but because, well, it's about two brothers. And, Mac, you know this. I have an older brother. Right. And you have two younger brothers. I do. And so part of this there for was me— an attachment part for sure. of Part of the love that I have for this movie, you know, is, is the brotherly relationship— you know, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy are the brothers, and they're connected by Nick Nolte as well, who plays their father. Um, but it's just a beautiful relationship that you don't really see explored on screen too much. But you like, there's so much history and baggage and just loaded givens there. But that was the big thing that draws me to this movie, that drew me to selecting it for this podcast. So I'm gonna ask you this question, like. I guess, what were your first thoughts, and, and how did you receive this movie? Because I have yeah. no idea how you received it. You yeah, have not right. given me any sort of information as to uh, what you thought. Yeah, it was awful. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Danny, I'm kidding. <laughs> Did you see the life? Face? Yes. The life. I the life to see it. I went to see away it. from me. I just like like I a ghost. It. I just became. I need to see it. No. Oh my god. Um, you know how like in uh, one of the Harry Potter movies, I forgot which one. I believe it's Order of the Phoenix when uh, Sirius Black falls into that like doorway oh, yes. and then he becomes like a wisp and he you know yes. floats away I was, exactly I was imagining in in, in no spoiler. way home whenever uh, another spoiler in no way home whenever dr strange punches spider-man's soul out of his body and then he like leaves his body for a moment yeah that's what i was imagining yeah, yeah, yeah. so i loved this movie i thought it was fantastic honestly yeah. um i understand why it is one of your favorites of all time it's a very Danny movie. There were several times so, where, yeah. where I would be like, okay, this is kind of this is kind of like on the nose, but I think it's starting to get me a little bit. And then I was like, oh, I can imagine how this would have gotten Danny. Like, uh, go on about that. What what makes absolutely. a movie a Danny movie? Because like, look, top five. I'm gonna give it to you right now. Number Sports. five. That's the first one. Go ahead. What? What? Sports. Go I ahead. mean, that that's another indicator. Number five, Interstellar. Number four, Warrior. Yeah. Number three, when Marnie was there. Number two, Spirited Away. Number one, Field of Dreams. Okay, 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 sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I, I forgot about the Studio Ghibli bent. Um, Studio Ghibli, careful. Ghibli, I'm so sorry, oh, I'm oh, so oh, sorry. Oh, thank, you, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Um, the, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot the H. Um, we saw when Marnie was there together. Yes, wow. we did. I'm I shocked. mean, it was the second time I saw it, but it was the oh, first time okay, you saw okay, it. Oh, okay, 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 sure, sure, sure. But, but point anyway, being, sorry. So, what makes a Danny movie a Danny movie? Yes. That's a great question. It's, uh, I think that you definitely do, uh, you are, and I think admittedly, a sucker for sports movies, like yes. a good sports movie. Of course. Um, and I We think, both love Remember the Titans. Oh, Remember the Titans is iconic. I love it. At, at the very minimum, it is iconic. Love it. Um... The uh, I think that we can also agree that a Danny movie would look like, um, and I and I don't mean this in any you know in any slight type of way. Yeah, I think that you do oftentimes like um, a uh, a male revenge story. If that makes any sense. Uh, go on. I'm 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 not not saying no, but but you're I don't I wouldn't cons- like. Do you think then John Wick is a Danny movie? I haven't seen John Wick, but like that's a male know. revenge story. It's a it's a male taking revenge. I think that there is. Uh, I would say redemption. You think is is the better word? I would say redemption. Redemption, yeah, redemption. is I think the word redemption. you're looking for. You're right. Yeah. So so redemption. I think that um, uh, I think that both of us are. Yeah. Very, very intrigued and like um, emotionally stimulated by the uh, male exploration of love. If yes. that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. So like um, camaraderie in in a sort of way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like the fact that uh, quite literally the entire. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Cool. No. 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 I'm so audience. Uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, I'm just staring at Max's espresso cup because I'm just deathly afraid he's gonna a spill espresso because that's just just heinous. <laughs> and then you know b right uh, just spill it onto the couch, which is just no fun for me. Um, it's damn good you. espresso, right? Oh, it's amazing. Um, Hell yeah. The. Uh... But redemption, right? Redemption, like redemption absolutely. arcs so, for these characters for instance, and male sort of like the exploration of love. Yeah, the entire movie quite literally was uh, like Tom Hardy fighting so so incredibly hard the entire movie, and you're like, for what? And even in the final fight, the 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 brother keeps saying to him like, for what? Like 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 why are you still going? And then yeah. and then he says that he loves him, and it and the movie's over. 
Yeah. Like that's the end of the f-ing movie. Yeah. Like, within 30 seconds, the movie's done. Isn't that awesome? It's unbelievable. (laughs) 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 I love how like we're saying these things out loud and like this shouldn't work and yet it f***ing did. No, right, for sure. And it's, yeah, it it frustrated me because at first, like as I was watching it, this is not even a joke. If you, I wish that I had recorded myself watching it, which we might do sometime. Yeah. I think it'd be a very funny thing to do is if we just like, like sped up a, a live stream of us watching something and like we're not commenting just like to watch our faces because as i was watching this movie at the very end i am watching it he says i love you and then i start laughing out loud because i'm like of course this is one of danny's favorite movies <laughs> like a fucking course and so I'm, and i'm like oh danny and then like a couple seconds pass and then it hits me and i'm like <laughs> damn it no did you cry yeah, of oh course my God. I cried. Why would oh I have God. cried? But here's the thing about this movie, right? Is that the movie, the entire movie builds up to that moment, right? Mm-hmm. In which you would say, you know, that's how stories work. Yes, no, I know. But, like, there's something no, different there's, yeah. about, like, it's culminated in that singular moment, right? It's yeah. like this entire movie exists because of that moment, Right. That, yeah, that's that's like the core, the emotional rawness. That's where that's the root of which the movie grows from. And I think on that, uh, I'm gonna go for a, a heady play here. Oh, um, not it's just good to I have know. This back. I love the music. I Ooh. love the heady plays, boy. And it's because uh, Smart moves, it is man. something that I I'm going to steal technique wise at okay. least once because yeah. I I think it's something that's worth exploring. Is the um, the idea that the entire movie is building to not a singular moment, but a singular line. Because yeah. I think that we oftentimes, whenever we are in rehearsals or whenever we are in the process, we uh, boil down these very complicated moments or scenes or thoughts into one single sentence. Yeah. Into one very, very swift and eloquent motion. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's really interesting to, rather than just keeping that in the process, showing the audience that little bit of honesty, like um, playwriting, uh, playwriting, just writing honesty, yeah. in terms of quite literally this is exactly what the person wants. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. very rarely does that happen in movies, and I think it shouldn't happen all that often. And I, what's but so for it to be earned is right. so rewarding. And what's so interesting then also for the development of these characters is that they don't know that's what they want until... The very, very end when the song yes. uh, about today is what the song is called right. kicks in and you just, oh my God, you get, it's by The National, by the way, that song. It's so good. It's such the a National? good song. And yeah, that song about today by The National. Um, and so fun fact about that song as well is that uh, the writers, uh, Gavin O'Connor Connor and Mark Tabakis, um, when they were writing that scene, they just listened to that song on repeat because they knew that song was like going to be in that final scene, right? The final battle, quote unquote, between yeah. the two brothers, between Brendan and Tommy, right? Yeah. And so that was the like the emotional sort of like backing core spine to that, right? But but as I was saying, those two characters, Brendan and Tommy, don't know that they need each other to love each other yeah. until that like right when that song starts right and that's what makes it also just so interesting to watch their entire journey up until that moment right where they're still you know doing 
they're still performing all of their actions, right? They're still following their objectives for one reason that they wholeheartedly believe in, right? And it's not like they don't believe in it, and it's not like they were wrong about it. Yeah. But it's this realization in their, like, final, not actual final moments, but final moments of the film together where it's just like, oh, no, something has changed, right? Something has entirely flipped on its head. And so then it's like realizations for both of those characters that the worlds that they knew are completely different than, like, their whole entire worldviews, rather, changed. Yeah. And that that twist, it's not really a twist in the traditional sense, but that twist gets me every single time I think about it, Mac. Yeah. Every single time... I think about it. Do you, do you think about this movie outside of viewing the movie? I've thought about this movie for years. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love and that. I haven't seen it in like eight years. Yeah. Or so this movie came out in 2011. I saw it a few years afterwards, and then I hadn't seen it since. But like, like I still remember the movie really well because it's just like moment for moment. Like the scenes are, even though some some of the writing is a little bit corny, sure, uh, the scenes themselves are just fantastic. Uh, a, li- a lot of the dialogue work, at least, uh, they they sit in silence comfortably. It's really well directed, and oh. the pacing is so great. I was about great. to say. I think the uh, I, I hope I hope this is not a sizzle serve. So it is up to you whether or not you want to sizzle right. serve me. Um, I personally think that the directing is better than the writing in this movie. I'm I'm with you there. No, okay, I'm 100 percent with I, you there. I, I don't yeah. think that's that's a hot. The, 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 the no, sizzle the serve. sizzle serve. I didn't even write this down because yeah. I, I I thought it was too hot. I thought it was too hot. If I wrote it down, the paper it's would burn sizzling. up. <laughs> it would light on fire. You this, Stephen A. Smith. This monster. sizzle serve, Mac, yeah, give it to me. Would be that this is the best directed film that we've seen. Not the best film, but the best directed film. Oh wow! Right? Because that's I said a in the mood, shit. I said in the mood for love, for example, that's the best film that we've seen, right? That was a sizzle serve on all on its own. But what if I said for Warrior, right? This is the best directed film. That's an insane take, and I know this. That's absurd. I'm so sorry. That's absolutely f-ing absurd. And like, I know that, but at the same time, I'm like, you're but, still but I feel by it. it. I feel yeah, it in sure, my bones. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe it's a prison of the moment. Maybe we wait a week and see it and see what you think. Ah, uh, I think I'll, I'll I am a prison of the moment. You're because so the. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the mood for love, parasite, yeah. like I mean, both, yeah, but just yeah, between yeah. those but two, this is also everything everywhere all at once. I need, I need to say this also, right? Is that it's very easy to like go into a sports film that does a really poor job of showing the sport, right? So in this yeah. movie, right, like it's, I would say it's a little bit easier and more, yeah, just easier to adapt a sort of fighting style sport into a movie because you have this entire catalog of films that require some sort of fight choreography and stunts, right? It's not like there are as many soccer or baseball or even football or basketball movies, right? right? Uh, So they have that sort of like backing, but at the same time, it was so freaking easy to track every single fight in this film. And it was like, and a lot of the shots that were used was like not too close up on the fights themselves, but just far away enough that it feels like we're a spectator. Okay. Great that you mentioned that. I was so fascinated by the cinematography choices that they made in in the fights. It's brilliant because it's oftentimes you, you're exactly right. Oftentimes, uh, they are shot on like you know anywhere from like, uh, like like twenty to fifty millimeter kind of around, around there, and it feels like 
very close up. It feels very like like personal, like you're watching their faces and you're watching like the close up punches and stuff yeah. like that. But to watch it from like an eighty five millimeter or like like something further further away, yeah. and it feels like it's only medium shots. Like yeah. it's it's all like you can see their upper body or like. It's really yes. specific. We're never too close, except for a few like singular moments. Right. In, in which case, they almost justify it's specific it. choices. Exactly. Right. 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 Like it so makes then sense. When you have those shots that are right up to Joel Edgerton's face, and he's like, and his character Brendan is like trying his hardest not to be choked out, right? And it's yeah. like that one shot being choked out by Koba. You oh, know, that, such a good scene. And it's just like that one singular shot that feels so much earned. And what right. that does, it raises the stakes. It does. It raises. the stakes for that character yeah. and it may and it shows to the audience right this is critical this is a critical make it or break it yeah. moment for this character well right? but also like it, it it's interesting because it really does follow um a lot of storytelling rules in terms mm -hmm. of they're telling you the story they're telling you the story they're telling you the story and then that close-up is their version of an aside or like of a voiceover narration yeah. type thing you know what i mean it is all right now this is it's what a the moment of intimacy yeah exactly this is this is what's going on in their head as they but it's still staying in realism like they're not breaking any oh, for sure. anything for like sure. it's and it's, it's such a... raw and honest and real but it is a version of it's their version of uh, like uh, the the in, inner thought, Go and ahead. it's such a great juxtaposition, right? Compare that to Brendan's first fight, where you know, it's in the uh, parking lot of a yeah. strip club, right? Where I think every single shot is, I don't know, like thirty feet away, like yeah. 20, 30 feet yeah. away from the actual. Fight. And they do a very good job, just like you said, of making sure that it's shot so that no matter what lens length they use it still feels like we're in the audience yes um yeah. which is which is awesome but also um i'm gonna go ahead uh because you were talking about the national and you use word juxtaposition i'm gonna go ahead and uh dip into my second heady play whoa a i know a back-to-back heady play a i back -to -back did not expect play. two heady i'm so plays. sorry are you telling editing me this, danny's gonna have a movie, hard time with this this movie made two smart decisions two only two what and these were them <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The uh, the second heady play, though, in my opinion, was right. uh, that I loved the fact that they used music from the national, uh -huh. the, and they and they specifically in the violent scenes with a violent sport, they used very specifically not violent music. Yes. So, like, mind you, like the rest, there wasn't much of a soundtrack, or yeah, yeah. One, there wasn't much of a soundtrack to this movie no. heavily just score right yeah and then the ones like really big soundtracky song was well, at there, the very end there's really two big soundtracky songs uh, it, it's the very first scene and the very last scene uh-huh um and they're okay. both and they're i i, I believe uh, please please I, can, I, me I mean i can't i'm pretty confident they're both the national because they, they sound very similar if not the same song i'll look it up I'll um look it please up. um the uh borderline reckless speculation but not quite mm-hmm mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you're actually gonna... correct. Yeah, it's the same song or it's a national. <laughs> no, it's a different song. It's, it's called a uh, "Start a War" by the National. Yeah, because it, yeah. it's the same sound, and and I think yeah. that, that was very specific. Yeah. Um, which was cool. I, I really like that, and I, I think that the thing that made it such a heady play is the fact that I will say every single fight scene in this movie made me cringe at least once. I Not in had, a bad way. No, I had trouble breathing. Yes, absolutely. This is so. I was watching this with Shama, my girlfriend. Uh -huh. By the way, like, 
hardly any greater feelings in the world showing your significant other a movie you deeply love and care about and then they end up loving it yes. oh my god it's yes it's yes. relief sweet oh. sweet relief that wipes and and, and you know goes all over your body right it's just amazing now mind you so the back half of the film right which is crazy to think it's like the last hour it's literally half the film it's, mm -hmm. you know it's in atlantic city it's during that yeah. big comp right. mma competition right and so those fights of course take their time or at least half of them do uh the tom hardy ones he knocks the, those yeah. fools out immediately he, he, he they take as much time as they can which yes. is like 30 seconds but, but that but that makes the joel edgerton yeah. fight so much more interesting because he has to try so hard right, right. absolutely so hard to just get through right so then in those fights right because because then you have half the fights that just like stakes feel kind of fairly low right or he's able to deal with those obstacles pretty easily right then you have the other half where it's so freaking difficult that you you don't realize you're holding on to your breath until the fight is over and you're like <sighs> and you're like oh my god and like this <laughs> yeah. was multiple times throughout yeah, the movie right, this right. happened multiple times yeah. and like even though the movie pulled it pulls it on you like three four even maybe five times and you're like you turn you're like Oh my, I you would think you would catch it like the second or third time, but no, you're no. still wrapped up in it. Yeah. So it's that it's that sort of tension, right? It's the massive amount of tension. And that I'm trying to figure out, right? Because while you're watching the movie, or even when you start the movie, you know at the end of the competition, Brendan and Tommy are gonna face off against one another, yeah. right? Yeah. This is in the trailer. Exactly. So you know, and it's in like a bunch of promotional material. Yeah. So you know that Brendan, you know, who's really having to put up shit ton fights, right? Yeah. He's going to win these fights. So I'm consistently still to this day trying to figure out what is this movie doing that is still making me think to myself in the moment, oh my God, is he going to make it? Yeah. How is this movie doing that? Yeah. It, what, mind you, this was also the second time I was watching this film. How did it still do that to me? Right. I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't have the answer. I'm ever so curious on like the construction yeah. of that, right? And so it goes to show like very good storytelling in both the writing of the fight themselves, of yeah. the flow of the fight, right? As well as like just giving a little bit enough of the hope for that character to really hang on. And I guess it's another thing too where it is so massively entertaining and enjoyable and wonderful and lovely to watch characters just at the end of the rope. Yeah. Having yeah. to yeah. really pull through and this is well, it or nothing. An another thing that they do that is so clever um, uh, on, on, on the writer-director's part is that – uh, they make it a tournament setting, right? Yeah. And because they make it a tournament setting, stakes. One stakes super boom, high. Boom. Two multiple climaxes. Yeah. Um, but all earned, and you pace yourself because you already know. Clever. We already know that this is not the finals, but we can still get the emotional payoff of a finals, and keep in our mind that this is not the end, and that I need to and I need to brace myself for the next. You know what I mean? I right. wish that there was a way in storytelling in not sports movies where we could say this is about to be a very climactic moment but please understand that this is not the end of the story yeah but we can't really there's there's not really a way of doing that in the same way yeah. as in sports movies like this where there's where, where we can have multiple climaxes another thing that that does that's so awesome and i love it is that um in the last fight because you are following both those characters right consistently 
Um, and also, even if you disagree with Tommy or dislike Tommy as a person, the fact that they found a way for him to give, if he if he were to win the fight, give the money to the wife of the of the fallen soldier, right? The widow. Um, that you're because you're rooting for both people in in, in the end, or you're like it's you're rooting tough. for an, an interesting story, yeah. right? Um, it's difficult because in that moment, I, I was starting to think to myself, like, man, I really wish that I would have gotten like some sort of like good versus bad, like because I, I want to be rooting for someone right now. And then I was like, oh wait, that's what this whole, whole movie's been. I've been rooting for each of them, like yes, in their in their respective and that's, fights. That's an applause, right, to the yeah. structure of this film. Yeah, absolutely. That it's this sort of dual structure. And I okay, look, look, I I think we're gonna get more into it in the next part, yeah. maybe, but hopefully, I like to raise this idea of this this sort of yeah this idea of dual protagonists right yeah can there be two protagonists in one story i brought this up to my girlfriend and she said absolutely not Um, and i'm like whatever and then i walked away can i guess who she who she said was hers uh uh, well it's i think we can both agree who the protagonist is in this film it's joel edgerton's character right in the in the traditional sense right if you gun to my head which i don't know why you would have a gun to my head you told me to pick one protagonist for this film it would be joel that would be a very 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 strange murderer (laughs) new segment gun to your head protagonist (laughs) the movie warrior from 2011 it's a great movie nobody talks about it enough exactly they really don't but I like to raise this idea, though, at the on the same token, where I just I love that this movie really commits itself to that dual structure, right? Yeah. That it treats its complete, you know, two different characters, its foils with so much importance and care, right? And so, you know, Joel Edgerton is the more loving character, sure, and the more protagonist, you know, the protagonist in the more traditional sense. But, like, Tom Hardy, his character, Tommy, is the foil, right? And right. so, of course, like, a lot of those things, they're going to be opposites for his character. But he still gets a lot of screen time and a lot of development, especially with the father in this movie, who was played by Nick Nolte, who does a great job as well. And I would say, though, that I think, shockingly enough, most of America at this point might agree with me on the fact, and this is reckless, spe- reckless speculation, um, that I, I believe that... Most of America at this point would find Tom Hardy's character to be the more dramatically interesting character and be the one that they would rather be watching on screen. Sure, that makes any sense. Sure, sure, sure. And like you're, you're I, I would say like once again, gun to my head. You force, you're saying like, who are you rooting for more? Probably Joel Edgerton's character, but but then also, but Tom Tom Hardy's character is so interesting to watch. Yeah, it's exactly. not like Joel exactly. Edgerton is the most interesting to watch. He's really interesting to watch because of Joel Edgerton's acting. Yeah. I will say that and yeah. his listening and responsiveness and beauty in scenes, right? But Tom Hardy sort of his character Tommy functionally isn't I would say yeah, more interesting character. Yeah. Well, I I think that what you're getting to which I do completely agree with is that Aside from dual protagonists, I think that the the way of looking at it that everyone can agree on is uh, what they do here is they treat their antagonist with the exact same amount of respect and care yes. as the protagonist love. to the point where it does not matter. Yeah. Like, I'm equally as invested with the antagonist as I am the protagonist because in the traditional sense – in the traditional definition of protagonist antagonist, that does not mean good or bad. Right. That does not mean root for or not root for. Correct. That just means 
the you know the, the 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 person who's story I'm following, the person who's stopping them. Correct. And the, and in that way, they did an excellent excellent job. There are audience members who find Tommy to be the protagonist of the film. Right. Right, and that's completely as valid. Absolutely. And, and once again, so then in that final fight, you're rooting for both of that characters, and that. Like I said, is a testament to the entire film leading up to that moment, right? And you see the trials and tribulations that those characters have to go through and the trials and tribulations that, like, what they're fighting for. Literally, what they're fighting for mm -hmm. so you can, like, be with them. Now, we've talked a lot about that moment at the end there, but I think we should take a moment about uh, with, with talking about the film leading up to that moment in the second segment after a word from our sponsor. Please do. I have an interesting tidbit, Mac. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was, you know, this movie made me think about, man, should Joel Edgerton's character really have won all those fights? So, out of curiosity, right? I mean, immense underdog. I, I was looking up, you know, according to, like, sports betting odds, the biggest triumphant underdogs in the history of sports, right? Yep. And number one, I found this really interesting, right? Number one was the U.S. hockey team in 1980 oh, to, win to win the Winter Russia. Olympics, right? And it was 1,000 to one. What's Which also is... really, really interesting about that hockey team was that their story, you know, especially after they beat uh, Soviet Russia, not for the gold medal, but for, I think it was like the match before the gold medal, uh, was made into a movie called Miracle, directed by Gavin O'Connor. The same person who directed Warrior. That's insane. Isn't that a great tidbit? Wow, that, that is a good tidbit. That's a great fun fact. And so I'm like, once I read that, I'm like, nah, all right, cool. Like That must have I'm, been like, mad sure. catharsis. And, exactly. And I'm like, it. it. Yeah, it makes sense. Joel Edgerton won, won all those fights. He earned them. Screw it. Yep. I'm there. I'm there. All of a sudden, it's just yeah. all forgiven. Yes. Yeah, so I just yeah, wanted to share that. Because that because his his odds were a thousand to one, correct? Like that. They, I think they said that at one point. I'm sure. I think the yeah. announcer at one point in the movie yeah. says that. And so, well, I mean, look, I mean, I'm so looking at the stats, miracle. buddy. You know, it's uh, we know it's yeah. possible. Do you believe in miracles? I, uh, I, I believe in magic in a young girl's heart. <sighs> Jesus Use Christ! No, I set you up for. Have no. you not seen Miracle? Or I, do you not know the call? I'm know, pretty sure the call, the call is. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. That's that's the line. Really I really set you up for that one. So so if I accidentally said yes, you would have responded positively. Yes. Hey, Danny, do you believe in miracles? Yes. Wow, you did it, Danny. Is that is that what it should have happened? Yeah. Damn it, Danny. Oh, are you going to find the thing? Yeah, now? no, I found it. Yeah, I think it was Al Michaels. It was Al Michaels. You're disappointing me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, so there are some things that you want to bring up in this segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah, we were talking about uh, – I, or I wanted to talk a little bit about the movie leading up to yeah. um, leading up to the final segment. And it's critical, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, we were talking about uh, – rather than just the last scene, I think – because I think the last scene kind of writes itself. But I think the same can be said about really everything once they're in Atlantic City. Like uh -huh. most of that I feel like – is pretty much just payoff at that point. Like in they way, set up their yeah. problems and and like like they set up their structure and their concept and their and their, and their problems and they sort of like yep. you know they they got their ducks in a row. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the big question is how do you felt that they did in terms of setting the ducks up in the first half? Uh, I would say immaculately. Okay. Straight up. Uh, is well, is there any specific moment that you, that you can think of where you were like they? did an excellent job of uh, bringing out their exposition. I was 
shocked, first of all, that they got that much information and they're like ducks in a row in an hour, right? And then we had Fair. a whole other hour for the movie left. It's like legit the halfway point of the film when they get to Atlantic City. It's great pacing in that regard, right? Now, with that being said, I think these sort this of— This could be a two-act play. I would say the development, whenever Nick Nolte is on screen, right? Patty, mm. who is the, the father to both Tommy and Brendan. Whenever he's on screen, that's when things like really kick in for these characters. And that's when things are really carbonated for these characters, right? Yeah. And so what, like the, the, the pain and the anger that Tommy has towards Patty and then sort of wishing to not be involved in Patty's life that Brendan sort of exhibits, right? And yep. telling his kids, don't worry, kids, that's just an old man on the street, right? Like, to, about his own dad, yeah. right? And, like, that's a that's a huge thing, right? And so I guess I guess it's, it's a great display of those character relationships, right? And it's also such a great choice, right, where Tommy and Brendan only see each other, like, or, like, physically talk with one another, in the movie twice at the very end and at at the beginning of Atlantic City on the beach right yep but you understand that relationship leading up to that moment 100% yeah and so that's the thing that like shakes me about it and so i think you understand perfectly you know what it is they're fighting for and like the stakes for these characters and the objectives that they have and how they're going to execute these objectives and and like the people that are supporting them as well who you also fall in love with right, right. like the first scene that Frank Grillo's character is is on screen fell in love with him instantly yeah so much heart so much care but also pragmatic in a sort of way it's like great right and so constructing characters that you love and care about making the objective and the stakes really high for your dual protagonist as i like to call them and mm. then having a sort of bridge of a character being nick nolte the father right having that sort of bridge to further explore the relationship not only with the father but also with the brothers with one another well Without them ever seeing each other. I, I, I was about to say that. I think that the space that they had between them was really clever. I think another really uh, underrated portion of this movie in terms of it, this, how impressive this specific aspect was. I, um, It's very, very tempting, I'm sure, as a writer to write flashback scenes. Yeah. Or to figure out, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I was expecting to see them as kids and to see, like, how they've grown or whatever so it's many so times. It's so easy to make that choice. And I think that even though it is more difficult as a director, not even just writer, but as a director especially, to try and display or give audiences hints of what their relationship was like whenever they were kids without showing us that is not only more impressive, but I think actually aids the story yeah. even more. Because you're stuck in the moment with those characters, right? right? right. You're you're along with them for the ride. Right. That's always going to be more interesting than flashbacks. Yeah. Right? Maybe, like, maybe one flashback scene, but, like, at most. But even then, like, I would still say, yeah, the stronger, more difficult choice, but the choice that pays off the most would be not having a flashback scene at all, not having a single scene with the mom, not having a single yeah. scene with Tommy and the mom running away from Patty, right? Yeah. Though that's a bold choice, right? It doesn't seem like a bold choice when, you know, when, you, when you're in the moment of watching this film, but that's a bold choice because it's so easy to right. write those scenes. Yeah. So then it's a lot more difficult to not actually have that underlying. So, But, but then what you have, of course, not only are you having the audience – 
much more along for the ride, but it forces also the characters to stay in that moment. They're always sort of looking forward, right, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. And so when you have a literal thing that's looking back in the past, then you're forcing you're forcing the pacing to sort of like take a step back, yeah. right? Just do, 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 right. I don't know why I did that. Like sound I bit, love the sound, but I don't know. I guess the espresso was like kicking in. I'm like wired. Good on you, good on you. The um uh another thing that I think is really awesome about the movie and that I and and that I really appreciate and I'm probably going to be stealing in my own way is Ooh. that it is a very and and uh, let me explain it is a very inexpensive buy-in if that makes any sense yeah in terms of because the it's not high concept it's not genre fusion it's not it's not reinventing the wheel yeah. it's just like really perfecting the wheel it's just well done it's just a well-done movie I think what is so clever about that though other than just the fact that like it, it's a well-done movie is the fact that as an audience member, I'm never having to try and convince myself to buy in or going, okay, let me go on this journey with you and just like see where it takes me. I never have that thought once because it's, it's such a cut and dry concept. It's such a yeah. cut and dry genre. Like it is through and through realism, except for really just like you're talking about, like we were talking about the beginning and last scene in terms of music. Right. Um, and, other than that, the pace of the scenes, um, I, I, if you want to talk about pregnant pauses, holy crap. These scenes take their time. I think that another like huge underrated bit of this movie is how few scenes there are. And like long scenes, that's long the, that's few the thing. scenes. Another another hint of a Danny movie, just like scenes that take their freaking time. Few scenes, but yeah. like a lot is going on, and yeah. like you said, pregnant pauses. Right, they're yeah. not having pauses just to have pauses. Right, but like I mean, a lot of time, like the characters are like going through like really heavy thought. Right, right, or right. like specifically like waiting like through a ball, if the figurative ball at the other character. And it's like, what are you going to do now? Yeah. You but know. also in terms of editing and cinematography, like we were talking about, it's not just the fights. The whole movie doesn't really like close-ups. It feels very theatrical, ooh, the movie does. Uh, uh, I'm not not like super oh, – no, I, I'm going to say I disagree. Well, because like one scene in particular that was legit only close-ups is a scene between Tommy and Patty in the casino. Right, where oh, sure. where yeah, you're right, Patty you're right, is right. trying to talk to Tommy about the soldier that Tommy saved, yeah, and right. Tommy's just not freaking having it. And that entire scene is just super intimate, super close up. You yeah. have very little understanding of the space around them. Yeah, okay, you're right? right, you're right. And so, like, I mean, but that's just like one example. I have to also say that even though there are a lot of pregnant pauses, there is something really just wonderful about like some of the characters not being that comfortable with tension. Uh, Joel Edgerton's character speaks to mind, right? Yeah. Where, like, there'll be a pregnant pause and he'll just, like, crack a joke. And that joke fucking lands. It lands because it's just, it's literally there to just break the tension, not just for the scene, but, like, for the characters, right? It's just, like, let's enjoy each other. Yeah. And I think, once again, it's another perfect foil. To Tommy and how much he will just sit in silence and not care and he will yeah. live in silence and not care yeah it's it's really good it's really freaking good yeah oh it's it's, it's impeccable now um I I also wonder though Danny what is your connection to this movie personally not just from a it's a good movie standpoint because you're talking about the fact that like you have an older brother Mikey right yeah 
not getting into therapy here. I am wondering, though, did has he watched this movie? I don't know if he's watched this movie. I do not have a bad relationship with well, no, my No, that's brother. not it. That's not it. <laughs> I'm just, just wondering. No. <laughs> with the sentence of we're not getting into therapy, therapy. I'm like, well, oh, okay. I, there's, nothing there's nothing to get to into therapy thing. about. Good, good. Um, I, I, am, <laughs> I am curious, though. Is there any part of this movie that you identify with in terms of the the family or brother dynamic? Is there part of this movie that brings you in that, you know, makes you feel like, yeah. I think that plays into it, right? Yeah. That's not the biggest thing for this movie, but it's like it's like a core connecting point. Sure. The biggest thing for, for this movie, I don't think we discussed this in the first segment. This is the 100% biggest indicator for a movie that I will freaking love one way or another. It's the theme of forgiveness it's a theme that we have discussed before excuse oh god damn it put a point on the board i just cleared my throat into the microphone that's yep that's worth a point me clearing my throat into the microphone i just like swallowed some phlegm i guess i'm not really sure what happened but hot we discussed forgiveness before as a theme in this show and i'm always a sucker for it and so a big theme in this movie is forgiveness is not only forgiveness of the other, but then you find out at the very end, oh, it's forgiveness of the self, right? And so it's not only when Brendan says to Tommy, I love you. To- oh, God. It's you, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, of course it gets me, yeah. but it's like, it's not only Brendan forgiving Tommy, but it's also Brendan forgiving himself for not doing something and just like not being there and just and realizing to himself, no, I have to be better too. Yeah. Right, that's with people screaming at him, telling him to yeah. break him. Yeah, and so, but like, oh god, that's so good because like the thing is when Brendan breaks Tommy's shoulder, Seeing the amount of more. and the pain that like wipes over Brendan, and then immediately afterwards, Brendan's like, "What are you doing, Tommy? Yeah. Like, it's just what are you doing? Stop! Yeah, let's get out and <laughs> stop. You know, like, yes. but it's like." That's and that's what it is. And then it's that scene on the beach, right? And then yeah. it's a scene when Nick Nolte's character drinks again for the first time in over a thousand days yeah. and is and is drunk in the room listening to Moby Dick. And then Tommy comes and like cradles him. Right. Right? And that's and forgiveness is, again. And is finally forgiving him. In terms him. of directing and stage space, he is the father figure spatially. Right genius right but it's like learning the characters of those three characters primarily right uh tommy brendan and patty they learn to forgive not only each other but themselves right and so you have in a well no not even i was about to say patty has already forgiven both his sons at the beginning of the film but not entirely quite right but his entire journey is forgiving himself and the same thing goes for the brothers right that you know brendan is always going to be pissed really deep down that you know he didn't know that their mother died because tommy didn't let him know Mm -hmm. and so that's a tough thing to forgive and the tommy can't forgive brendan because Brendan stayed with his girlfriend at the time who became his wife, who became the mother of his two children. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Like that but that's those are huge hurdles for those characters. And so then you tie that in together with something as like visceral and raw emotionally with MMA, with fighting, with nearly not quite, but bare knuckle brawling. Yeah having to literally confront with the thing that you're dealing with 
God, of course I'm going to be a sucker for that. So yeah. the brother thing is a connecting point, sure. And that was the reason why I picked this movie for the both of us, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing, you know, we... We both have the, a connection to it. Exactly, yeah, right? Sure. We have that connecting point. But that's not the that's not the reason why this is a top five movie for me. Yeah. It's that entire forgiveness arc for these characters. And then, as we mentioned in the first segment, it's culminated in that single line i love you yeah yeah it's brilliant yeah it's genuinely brilliant i i I have seen uh um not with my brother necessarily but i have seen before uh a a very similar moment and and i think that's part of the reason that it got me personally was um my uh younger not youngest brother but younger brother um at, at one point he got whenever he i mean he was like like 15 or like 14 15 so he's like kind of in his punk age right but he <laughs> yeah gets i know but he got super mad at our dad at one point and like tries taking a swing at him and like does not land whoa and this is yeah. a revelation yeah no no for real and i mean like we're, we're way past this we talked about this <laughs> we're, this no, is not, we're way past this yeah don't, don't worry no, we're, we're okay <laughs> water under the bridge buddy yeah we're way okay so okay at this point we're fine but he tries to fight my dad at one point and my dad has to like put him on the ground not like hurt him or anything but just like basically sit on him <laughs> just like lays on that's him. a big dude yes and, and it's not like your brother like he's a big dude as well but your but dad's he's 15. a bigger dude he was tiny at the time uh, that's true and Fair so point. he just like put him on the ground and like just kept him there for a while and my and i just, like we all watched as my brother just like cried and and like my dad like like waited until he knew that he could get off of him and like be safe. Yeah. And then they just hugged on the ground for like five whole minutes. It was it was a cry fest, man. And there weren't even words. That's theater. It, was, it <laughs> honestly was. It was like it was Sam Shepard. It was like it was real shit. Yeah. And it was and so watching that scene in there, watching him like watching Joel Edgerton like almost at tears whenever he whenever he is confronted with the decision whether he's going to dislocate basically his brother's shoulder or not. Yeah. Is such a packed moment. It's beautiful, beautifully done. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you're talking about, it, it, it wasn't just the fact that he had all that going on. It was more the fact that the setting was representative of one side of him and the person in front of him was representative of another. And like, just mm. like, like the beautiful symbolism is just like crashing in on you. Mm. Throughout the entire scene, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But it's it's all earned. It's all so earned. I was gonna ask, how did you feel about the Jennifer Morris and Joel Edgerton relationship? I thought it was it was exactly what it needed to be, right? And I think this goes for most, if not all, of the supporting characters in this film, right? It's exactly just enough what it needs to be, so we just understand uh, our protagonist's mo's, right? Yeah. And so you understand that, okay. Joel Edgerton, his character, Brendan, loves Tess, loves Tess, and is willing to do anything for Tess, but is also willing to, like, hide some things from Tess, but in order to help his family out, right? Like, he's still, like, doing it for his family. Like, you don't need super It's not a misguided Joe Keller way, It's but it's, like, some... (laughs) All my sons. They were all my sons. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, like, a little bit bit of hiding behind the curtain, but it's ordered to, like really help this family out and to make sure the house doesn't get foreclosed so they could continue having this home together as a family, right? And I think it's a really well-explored relationship. And so each 
beat sort of that that relationship goes on, right? Them loving each other, uh, Tess finding out that uh, he Brendan is not, you know, telling her about like the fights that he's been getting into in order to make some money, and then that 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 relationship like it takes a little bit of time, but she warms up to it, and then he just decides he's gonna go to Atlantic City, and she's like, "When? Yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation we never had, and it's like a totally earned moment and scene, yeah. and like you under like what's beautiful is that you understand right there of like her she's basically saying I 100% disagree with you and I hate you but like in this moment but I still love you because I don't want you to get hurt and I don't want you to risk everything right like we'll be okay and it's that it's that wonderful exploration right in that set number of scenes that they have together and I think it's a testament that you to the structure of the writing right yeah. same thing goes for frank willow's character same thing goes for kevin dunn's character right who plays principal zito and it's oh, yeah. it's just like a wonderful amount of like i'm disappointed in you but also like eventually i become proud of you it's like so many characters in this film go Forgive. on these journeys yeah and do exactly what they need to do in their perfect supporting characters. Yeah. They live up to that term supporting character to a T. And it's not it's not a sort of like lesser thing. It's like a role player in a basketball team, right? Sure, sure. They're still needed to win the game. Yeah. Right. You but, can't... but they need to know that they are not the star. Yeah. And it's like you can be good and still be vital but not be the center of the team. And they know that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the script knows that, and the director knows that, right? Yeah. Um, but it's still it's still wonderfully done. I mean, do, do you have any any thoughts? I, like, I yeah. know you brought up the Jennifer Morrison bit, and I kind of branched off outside of no, that. No, no. But, like... I, 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 did, uh, I did think that there were definitely uh, moments that were really, really beautiful between... Jennifer Morrison specifically and uh, Joel Edgerton. I really liked their their characters and whatnot. Um, I think for me, uh, I think that it was more a matter of what what I liked so much about her character is that they never really had scenes with her that were very long. Uh-huh. But because of the information and the impact that she had on him, all they really had to do by the end of the movie was just like show her. Yeah, and you were reminded. Well, just, and like also like just have, have her anything. have her in the same space yeah. as Brendan. Yeah, and all and of a sudden, like that to is propel him a dramatically different French scene. Right. Um. Like, it, and it's crazy to think about that. You know what I mean? That there's yeah. like thousands of people in a room in a space, but just adding that one person is a is a whole different French scene. Right. Th- that is that is I think what what I was so impressed by with, with that specific moment. Um. Another one though, because because we're talking about like the emotional impact of the of the of the last fight and whatnot, and like yeah. how it hits you, and the, and we keep bringing it up because it's so well done. It that really last is so fight. well done, and it it's just a. I mean, you you say you say this term all the time, but I really cannot stress it enough. Masterclass, um, that for me the the part that got me and that got me to start crying a little bit. Like, I was, like, a little, like, oh, that kind of gets me with with the I love you and everything. And before that, I was just kind of, like, watching the fight, like, really tentatively. Yeah. Um, but there – the part that really got me where I was just, like, a puddle. I was a little baby. Oh. Was um, after the fight was over, whenever everyone was trying to celebrate and he needs to get his brother out of the ring. 
and they like just he walk needs to go together. to a doctor, and they and he and he walks him out, and and like everyone's trying to crowd around them and like trying to like separate them and everything. And then Frank Grillo's and like, character, oh, yeah. and pushing people away, like yes. it's beautiful. That, that is it's what so kills me. Good. That he's like it, that it, it's it's not a matter of like the decision in the moment for me. It wasn't in a, the moment thing for yeah. me. The big decision was, um, the money, and the fame, and the 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 winning, and the Everything else is now backseat. And nothing in that moment. Nothing, nothing in my life in is as important as my brother right now because of what I've done. And like him, like that was his, in my, because you're talking about forgiveness, that was in my mind his version of forgiving himself was that he was like, it is my job. Like I am, I am the older brother. It is my yeah. job. Like to be I did not him. take care of my brother. And right. And like, and, and like that was the turning of the new leaf. You know what I mean? Oh God. Was him well, yeah. going. It's, once again. This, yeah. Like Shift him, of the worldview. That was in the moment, in that exact moment, you could see yeah. it on his face, him go, yeah. I'm not doing my job. Yeah. And I haven't, mm-hmm. you know? And, and and so, like, whenever he starts saying I'm sorry and, like, telling him I'm sorry, he's not just saying I'm sorry, I I broke your or, – or, or dislocated your <laughs> I'm damn sorry, shoulder. I'm... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I dislocated your damn shoulder. And it's, like, it's not like I'm sorry that I hurt you. It is, like, I'm sorry – general i'm sorry overall i'm sorry, I'm sorry for, everything. for everything yeah yeah, yeah that that's that's freaking poetry man that is that is un let me let me just poetry. read the last line of this film oh please like uh, by by brendan right his like last like line in in its entirety i'm just gonna read it cold i'm sorry tommy i'm sorry tap out tom it's okay it's okay i love you i love you tommy that's the last line of the film. <laughs> oh and my then, god! Like, it's the music, me. music blast. You can't hear any more it's dialogue. Getting, yeah. You see like mouthing, but like you don't know what's being said, and you know that Brendan and Tommy are talking to each other as well. But like, that's like that capstone. Boom! Yeah. Clap! Sound of my heart. The beat goes on and on and on and on. I'm, I, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was thinking to myself as I was driving over here today. Is this, is this a bro movie or is this just a good movie? And I was wondering. Because of Shama's response. So may I answer the question? Yeah. Yes. It's a bro movie? It's both. Oh, I see. I see. So, like, what what was interesting, too, it's, like, something small, right? So, like, let's look at the, the shots that had the showgirls, right? And so it's very stereotypical for, like, movies that, like, yeah. when they have a showgirl, like, presenting a fight, they get, like, really close to the scantily True. clad body, you know, and super-duper sexualized. And so, like... Some of the characters in this movie are like a tinge misogynistic as well, but the movie yeah. is not misogynistic True. at all. True. And so that's the thing. So even though at its core, sure, maybe it's a bro movie because it's literally about two bros. True. Uh, <laughs> at the yeah. end, of, like, but it's bigger than that, and that's yeah. that's the thing. I mean, do you have a? Well, I mean, I, I I I think that I agree with you. I mean, it's not as much that they're like. I definitely do not think it is like guys night out movie or whatever, but I I do wonder if it's a movie that is specifically and two minute warning. Two minute warning. I wonder if it's specifically uh, identifiable only at, like from a male perspective from like that because I mean we, we talked about this a bunch like whenever we were going over Tennessee Williams with my kids in class recently. This idea I know I know the playwright Tennessee Williams. Yes. Um. Th- this idea of like this. He brings in like the idea of manliness and like what it is to be a man and like like the stereotypical man and specifically that at that time in America men did not talk about their feelings and that became dramatically interesting to a lot of America and like that's what got you know a, a lot of men to come to the theater and and be interested in it is the fact that 
there was finally men that were not talking about their feelings, but were exploring their feelings in more abstract ways, like this movie. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it is specifically identifiable only from a male perspective. But it sounds like Shaman liked it. Well, like, and I'm going to say, like, no, it's not only identifiable that, because as I said earlier, the core of this movie is forgiveness. That's the core yeah, theme. Right. It's not the fact that they're brothers, right? That's not, that's, that's the gateway, but... The core of it is forgiveness. That's what makes it a more global movie in that sense, mm -hmm. right? That's that's the big thing. Um, Summon up, Danny. I I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. I I want to watch it again now after yeah. discussing it. Yeah. I know we talked a lot about the final scene, but it's really culminated in that final scene. But the journey there is beautiful. It's wonderful, and it's extraordinarily well acted as well. Um, I also have to say that this movie was below budget in terms of gross, which is such a shame because oh, this sad. movie deserved yeah. a better fate um, because it's a masterpiece, I in agree. my opinion. It's so good. Uh, it Mac? Um, I would say that uh, I 100% agree with you. It is absolutely amazing. I would say the only knock is that it's not reinventing the wheel. It's, it's a, a pretty like cut and dry, like dramatic movie. Yeah. But it does it super, super well. Um, Danny, you want to know what we're watching next week? Huh? First season. Oh, God. Oh, here goes the show. Barry. <laughs>